Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. This is JP Ong from Money FM 89.3. And a quick halftime look at how markets are trading on the final. Day, trading day of the week and the final trading day of the month of October. Um, market view recap uh, today. Clarissa Montero is off off air today. She is getting her much needed booster shot, and we are also joined today in in Jeff Howie's stead by Candice Lee, a research analyst at the SGX, to help us recap the week that was and what we're looking forward to in the last two months of the year. Now, Candice, before we start things off, I want to set the table for us and talk about how markets are doing today, and in stark contrast that choppy and mixed session we're seeing across the Asia-Pacific. Markets here in Singapore are doing quite well. The Straits Times Index actually trading about 21 points higher, rising by about 0.7%. It seems that that brief dip below that 3,200 level yesterday was rather short-lived, and we're sitting pretty at 3,225. Value turnover, though, has been fairly thin today, a bit more tepid than usual. 484.5 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands at the halftime. And also 217 stocks, REITs, and trusts that are in the green, outpacing the 164 losers so far as we head into the afternoon session. Now, as we mentioned, this is in stark contrast also to the fairly mixed uh, session we're seeing across the Asia-Pacific. Um, the Nikkei 225 just managing to trade about 23 points higher so far to 28,843 points. The ASX 200 also falling about one and a half percent now to 7,321, perhaps being onslaughted by the uh, continued volatility of commodity prices that's hitting the Sydney benchmark. The South Korean Kospi today down by about 0.7 percent to 2,989. And we have the Taix in Taipei also trading about 0.2% lower at 17,003 points. Better days, though, for mainland Chinese markets. And this on a day when some sources, some media outlets have reported that China Evergrande has uh, remitted funds to make their latest uh, interest bond payment that's due today. And uh, perhaps this also supports a sentiment out in mainland China, the Shanghai Composite gaining by five points a day, trading higher at 3,524. The Shenzhen Bourse rising by 0.7% to 14,344 points. And so far, we're we're seeing that the Hang Seng is also matching this. Well, actually was matching that. We're seeing the Hang Seng actually taking a step back, falling half a percent to 25,441. It's mixed across greater China. It's mixed across the region. But Candace, I do want to talk about how well the STI has done so far today. And it's on more than one occasion this week, they've actually bucked the downtrend we've seen across Asia-Pacific stocks. And from going... Uh, uh, and from uh, starting off the month worried about about falling even further below 3,100, here we are sitting comfortably above 3,200. And this is a question I've asked a number of people, really. What really may have contributed to the sudden burst in confidence for the Straits Times Index to dare and breach confidently this 3,200 level? What do you think, Candice? Well, uh, thanks, JP. It's a pleasure to talk with you again, um, as always. I think um, this week indeed uh, brought over the market. STI returned about uh, slightly more than half a percent uh, after the morning session, but still, actually, it was falling back from the one percent gains last week. And what we've seen is that you know this was actually on the back of institutional investors net selling uh, this week after six consecutive weeks of net buying. But like you said, the entire month STI has returned about four four plus percent in total returns actually is alongside some of the better performing regional indices, even like Indonesia, Australia. Um, in terms of the individual drivers within the STI, we saw that um, nine of the 
top 10 performing constituents to what actually consumer and real estate related stocks, including your developers and, and your REITs. And this was also on the back of uh, rising inflation and, and consumer prices. Um, I think in terms of fund flows, uh, quite a bit of fund flow that is flowing into the consumer and real estate um, sectors. I think together they garnered about uh, net institutional inflows of about um, 63 million in the month to date. Um, like I mentioned, this week I uh, saw a bit of uh, net institutional uh, investors selling, but overall, uh, for the entire month of October, you know, since this is already the last day of October, the um, Singapore market actually still received uh, about 240 million Singapore dollars of net institutional inflows um, this month. Aside from real estate and consumer, other sectors which saw the most um, net institutional inflows also included financial services, our three banks, as well as uh, telcos, um, Singtel. But REITs, on the other hand, uh, was the sector which saw the most um, institutional outflows this month. So we've seen mm. actually um, actually strong inflows from retail investors instead um, into the REITs uh, sector. Total amount is close to $160 million, uh, Singapore dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I, that's a very interesting and something I didn't actually know that uh, it seems that, that there are some institutional outflows from the REITs as they hold court for earnings and season and business updates mm-hmm. here in uh, Singapore. But you're saying that retail investors have come in and picked up some of that slack. Why do you think institutional investors might be shying away from them? And why, in uh, conversely, why are retail investors perhaps just uh, being more confident and taking up some of the slack with regards to these REITs here? Well, in terms of uh, fund flow, um, there's a few drivers across the month, right? Even for REITs, and not just for REITs, actually, even for banks, the movement of interest rates. Um, but there's also actually other driving factors across the different subsegments because our uh, REITs there, uh, we have a few subsegments, including retail, hospitality, industrial. So quite a bit of diverse uh, flows over there. And um, in terms of uh, buying, retail investors have actually been buying throughout the year. While uh, institutional investors, we've actually seen them picking up REITs uh, in the third quarter, which is from um, July to September, but they shied away slightly in, in October. I think in terms of uh, fund flows, uh, interesting to note that actually flows for individual REITs is very different from the overall sector. Because even when institutional investors are selling the sector, um, the IH index actually maintained close to 3% gains uh, this month. Mm. So pretty stable. And in terms of fund flows uh, for, for some of the individual REITs that we have seen, um, REITs as a sector, of course, seen outflows, but individual REITs that garnered significant inflows this year include actually majority of the mid to small caps. Um, some of the names are ARD Logos, uh, and aside from that, there's also OUE Commercial REIT, Star Hill Global REIT, Benny's um, REIT, ESR REIT. And together, the five of them actually received uh, more than 200 million of institutional uh, inflows this, this year. And I think one of the key reasons for the institutional inflows for this individual REITs partly is also because it was driven by index inclusions, which saw um, some passive mm. funds flowing into this REITs, particularly after September when uh, FTSE announced that 11 of our listed REITs are included in the FTSE Purana REIT Global uh, Index last mm. month. 
You know, Candice, uh, really the REITs have been holding court with regards to the earnings releases and business updates. And today was fairly interesting and busy because we saw a clear theme, the hospitality trust that everybody is really banking on a recovery for given the reopening of the Singaporean economy. They all posted pretty interesting and encouraging results. I think the likes of CDL Hospitality Trust, Fraser's uh, Far East Hospitality Trust and Fraser's Hospitality Trust all seeing distributable income and net property income recover quite significantly. Um, share with us what the reaction in the markets has been for the hospitality REITs and what might be driving um, sentiment for or against them now. Mm. I think actually, you know, quite interesting. Uh, over the month, we've seen that, uh, like I said, uh, FTSE, uh, the, the benchmark mm-hmm. returned about uh, 3%. In terms of performance across the sectors, pretty mixed. Um, you know, STI 7 uh, REITs, very mixed. Uh, CICT, MCTs, uh, 6%. To careful DC REITs, minus 4%. But a trend and a key theme that we've been seeing over the month is still the reopening of economies across the region. And you're right, this was apparent in the performance of the individual REITs. So, um, interestingly, the top five performing REITs this month, they were all retail and hospitality REITs. And some of them even having double-digit returns this month. So, the top performer this month was Darcy Retail Trust at 20%, CDL Hospitality Trust at 14%, and another um, hospitality REIT, Escort Residence Trust, also returned 11% uh, this uh, this month. Uh, Fraser's Hospitality also up 9%, and um, another, I think, retail REIT, Lippo Moore's Indo Retail Trust also up about 10%. So all these names are a lot of uh, our retail REITs as well as hospitality REITs. So the reopening team is definitely in play this month. Um, I think but on a year-to-date basis, right, if you notice, um, the divergence in REIT performance is still quite uh, quite diverse and apparent. Um, seven STI REITs, about 2.5% on average total returns. But the entire REIT sector, the average performance actually returned about 11%. And like I said, mid to small cap REITs are really the stars this year. Top performing REITs were mostly these mid to small caps with market cap below 2 billion Singapore dollars. Some names uh, which I mentioned uh, just now also include the ARA logos, Star Hill, Sabana, First REIT, uh, ESR REIT. And you know the five of them, they've actually averaged uh, 37%. In, in total returns. And I think the drivers, not just the reopening theme this year, but also uh, eventful year for this uh, mid to small caps, including um, what I mentioned just now, index inclusions, as well as uh, active asset acquisitions and the significant fund flows into this uh, individual REITs. Yeah. All right. So look, uh, Candace, very impressive, I would say, um, month of October, and perhaps the Straits Times Index was a person deserves a pat on the back for uh, recovering from recent losses and sideways action and now trading above 3,200 uh, quite comfortably. Um, we head into the month of November now and still a lot to be busy with. What are you looking forward to next week? Uh, yeah, you know, it has been a busy week. I think um, uh, even though uh, you know it's going to be a four-day uh, week uh, next week, uh, we are starting with the earnings season. Uh, so there will still be many earnings reports scheduled for next week. In fact, of the 40 REITs listed in Singapore, 22 of them has already reported uh, for this quarter. And we will have one more hospitality week tonight, uh, Escort, that will be reporting after market close. And going into next week, 
seven other REITs will be reporting. Um, some names are OLE Commercial, Parkway Life, ARA US, Cromwell, Menu Life, uh, Lendlease, and uh, last but not least, Prime US REIT. I think um, something else that the uh, market will be looking forward to next week would be the three banks. All of them will be reporting next week. So uh, UOB and OCBC on the 3rd of November. DBS will be on the 5th of uh, November. For uh, macro news, uh, the Fed November meeting minutes is scheduled for next week as well. So I think investors would be looking towards the potential announcement on tapering timeline, as well as there will be a few GDP numbers across the region uh, due for next week. And I think something interesting would also be the COP26 conference that will kickstart uh, this weekend uh, in Glasgow. All right. Uh, definitely a busy start to the new month ahead and a lot to track despite the shortened week a week also that is coming. I'd like to thank Candice Lee, Research Analyst for uh, the Singapore Exchange, for joining us today on Market View Wrap to talk about what they're looking out for and also to help recap the month that was. Candice, thanks so much for joining us and we look forward to you next time you can join us on the broadcast. Meanwhile, stay safe and I hope you've got a great weekend planned. Thanks, thanks. You too, you too. <laughs> Absolutely. This is JP Ong from Money FM 89.3, and that was Market View Wrap. We'll see you guys on the other side when November starts. And, keep, and remember, guys, that after today, October will become October. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.